A From Dublin to Cleveland production. Hello and welcome to From Dublin to Cleveland. I am, as always, your host, Logan Howard, and I am joined by my friend, as always, Brendan Thomas Merritt. Uh, how's it going, Brendan? Things are going great, Logan. Everything's going with you. Going well, going well. So, uh, for your audience podcast audience today, we have two two segments today. First, I'm going to turn it over to Brendan, where he's going to give us a Irish story, um, and then after that, I will quiz him on some American slang. Um, not anything bad, it's PG, um, but just some words that. Americans use to describe things that they really could just use those original words, but it's not as fun. Um, so, so Brendan, go ahead, take away, take it away with uh, our Irish story for today. <laughs> awesome. All right, guys. So today's story is called the children of Lear. So once upon a time, in the land of Ireland, there was a king named Lear. He had a lovely, beautiful wife called Eva. Together, they had four children. The oldest was a girl called Spinula. Next to her was a young son called A. It was spelled A-O-D-H, but it's pronounced A. Like in Pretty Little Liars. <laughs> And then there were two twin boys, Fiacra and Con. They lived a happy little life, all six of them, and their big cattle. However, one person did not look in their beautiful family with delight, gladness, and a championing spirit. And that was Eva's sister, Aoife. Aoife dabbled in the dark arts, and she was absolutely vehemently appalled that her sister had found true love, and she herself had not. So one day, she murdered Eva in secret. Time passed, and she married Lear, and became a stepmother aunt to the kids. However, she became embittered and jealous of the love that Lear had for his children. So she decided to steal all that love for herself. So one day she said, Darling, I would like to bond better with the children. Uh, you know, someone who speaks in a voice like that, you just know that they're evil into witchcraft. <laughs> so she lulled the children into a yep. lake. And she said, look at this lovely, pretty water, children. Isn't it just delightful? Wouldn't you like to take a swim? And the children were like, yay! So in they jumped, one by one. And then Aoife revealed her true intentions. And she got her hocus-pocus on. And she cursed them and turned them into swans. And the curse stated... That for 900 years, they would be birds. They would spend 300 years on lake 
Derivar in Ireland. 300 years on the Straits of Moyle. And 300 years on the Isle of Inishglora. In the middle 300 years, they're over the same lake, but it's incredibly stormy for three centuries, and they're actually kept apart. The one thing the children could keep were their beautiful singing voices, but everything else about them had been turned to swans. Lear came down one day wondering where his children had gone, and sure enough, he found these four birds with the voices of his children, and they told him what had happened. Aoife, far from stealing his love, had actually awarded herself his purest and most vengeful hatred, so she took a hike and was never seen again. <laughs> Lear died after a couple of decades, and the children... For 300 years, we're on the first lake. After 300 years, we're on the same lake, but separated with storms. And the final 300 years, we're together again. When the 900th year ended, they heard a ring, 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 ring of a bell. Bemused, and a little bit confused. The birds flew to where the bell was ringing, and there they saw Ireland's greatest champion, St. Patrick, who had just arrived in Ireland's shores and was ringing a bell. Upon hearing a Christian bell, the curse was broken, and the children reverted from their swan forms back to their human forms. However, biology kicked in instantly, and the children aged 900 Earth years, and they died at St. Patrick's feet. And that, my friends, is the tragedy of the children of Lear. Standing ovation, he takes a bow. Throw your roses this way, people. Here's a tissue for your eyes. <laughs> yeah, that was that was quite tragic. <laughs> um, it was a it was a good story, but again, quite tragic. <laughs> um, so, uh, transitioning into our next segment, I'm going to now read a word or a phrase for Brendan and his job as a um, as we've stated before. He's more of an American than I am. Um, is to <laughs> is drum, to drum, drum, um, drum. guess <laughs> is to guess uh, what what they mean. Um, I'm sure he's heard them before, seeing as he is an English teacher and teaches people English. But maybe there'll be one that he won't get. I don't know. We'll, the we'll pressure's see. on. Um. So. Uh, with that being said, the first one is dope. So D O P E. What does dope mean? <laughs> I first heard this on the good place. There's a character from Florida who said it like 10 times an episode. I think it means like cool or awesome. It's like 
dude, your glasses are so dope. That, They're so cool. That is absolutely correct. <laughs> um, yes. Number two. The irony is number dope two. in Ireland means an idiot. Um, so if I'd gotten that wrong, it would have been really, really bad. <laughs> Nope, nope. That's absolutely correct. Um, number two is totes. T O T E S. Totes. Totally. Totally. Yes. Absolutely correct. Absolutely 100% correct. Two for two. Um, number three, cringe. Oh, um, use as an adjective. That's like, um, ugh, so cringeworthy, disgusting. Get behind me, Satan. (laughs) Yeah. Um, embarrassing. Yeah, that I, I think you nailed it though. I, I you got the, the general gist of it. Um Okay, so that's number three, so he's three for th- three for three. Um Fire. Fired. As in like uh, just you're fire. fired. F I R E. Nope, just fire. Like oh um oh is that like you know when you're on fire you're 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 passionate you're you're amazing you're pulling at all the stops. Mm, yeah, um, it I, it means cool. Or is like in Chicago, I think it's like, that's ah! generally. <laughs> nobody, nobody in Chicago. Too soon, too soon. <laughs> <laughs> it's been it's been years pretty sure right? portland's still burning years but you know <laughs> big news um yeah it's a mostly peaceful um, city number five uh <laughs> number five uh ditch d-i-t-c-h totally thought you said something different there for a second Ditch or ditching? No, I did not. This is clean, man. Come on. <laughs> if it's a Christian channel. <laughs> All in favor of moving Get your head out of the gutter. <laughs> <laughs> oh, as in like... That's going to be a hard pass. Okay, we, we call it mitching. Uh. <laughs> so you guys say like, you know, let's ditch school. We say mitch. As in, um, to, to take a hike, to play truant, to escape, to, to leave without telling anyone. Take a yep. day off. Yep, that's However unwarranted. Correct. Yep, it's it's basically, you're just skipping it, you're not going. Yeah, yeah, that, that's absolutely yeah. correct. Um, okay, how about this one? Goat. If you hear someone say, call someone a goat, what do they mean? 
Oh, I heard this explained in a YouTube video recently. Um, ah. It's nanogram, isn't it? All, all, or no, an abbreviation, all the letters stand for something. Um, yeah. Yes, that's correct. Ah. I remember hearing it and feeling confused. I heard it again and thought, that's really, really clever. Clear that didn't stick. Um, yeah. Usually used in sports. That's that's the main place it's used. <laughs> yeah, I guess. That's not going to help. Um, I don't know. Tell me. It stands for the greatest of all time. Um, okay. The irony being, I will no longer there, be the greatest of all time. Be, I got that one wrong. <laughs> the it, it used to also mean um, without an anagram, it meant that you were the goat of the game, which means you basically just like cost your team a victory. Um, but like in the last, you know, couple uh. of years, it's been goat for greatest of all time. So, um, I would have accepted either answer, but yeah, that's, that's, that's what it means. Um, number seven, <laughs> um, will you also accept neither answer? <laughs> <laughs> no. <laughs> um, next one is T. So T E A. What you're drinking right now. Oh, I thought you were talking like a T is in like you know for a golf ball, and oh T. No. Mm -mm. I didn't know you guys used T um as slang. Yeah. Is like whenever you're insulting in the you British you Empire, you're like, <laughs> tea. Pardon? <laughs> okay. No, never. I've never heard that used slang. Go on. Wait, what is this? Uh, it means to gossip. So if I spill the tea means that I am gossiping about, you know, Brenda. I'm telling all of Brenda's secrets. I'm spilling the tea. <laughs> I hate Brenda. <laughs> we should spill the tea with Brenda more. If often. your name's Brenda, Brenda doesn't deserve like you. <laughs> <laughs> uh, she didn't like me first, okay? Um, number <laughs> number eight. Um, this is cram, C R A M. Oh, that's what all your lazy students do who just like study the night before an exam. Yep, absolutely correct. Study frantically. <laughs> yeah, not a good way to operate. Um, 
No, no, it is Number not. nine. I hate those people, especially when they do well. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that, indeed. Um, number nine. Blow off steam. Oh, I know this one. This is when you're really, really angry or annoyed. And it's like, go blow off some steam, go calm down, relax. Chill out, catch a breath. Yes, absolutely. Absolutely correct. Yep. Yes, okay, good. Absolutely correct. Yep. All right. Um, number 10. Um, hit the books. Study. As in, study your Bible yep. or study talking lore. Yes, absolutely correct. I totally deserve American citizenship for this. Um, <laughs> I think so. Um, Seeing as how everyone seems to get in your country nowadays. <laughs> Tell me about it. Um, number 11. In a nutshell. Say that again, please. In in a nutshell. In a nutshell. Oh, in a nutshell. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I thought you yeah. said an incel. And I thought, oh, aren't they those like creepy isolated guys? Uh, in a nutshell. Um <laughs> Basically, no. at a simplest. <laughs> yeah, it's um saying it like wrapping it up briefly. You know that I think that's basically like mm. it's a summary of of what you're saying. So, like in a nutshell, yeah. this is what I'm saying. Um, yes, yes. Uh, number twelve, and this is the last one I've got. Um. At least for this week. Awesome. If you have any more that you're like, hey, we need to quiz Brendan on these, um, send them to me and I will definitely do that down the road. So, um, But number 12 is a ball game. B-A-L-G-A-M-E. <laughs> ball game. Oh, that's um, that's what we're used for with this. Um... American football. Um, mm. Or how that are this? Or is this used in general? Let me see. I'm trying to think of the last time I heard that word used in context. Yeah. I'm trying to think of if you use it like for every game involving a ball or just American football. You know, I said American football first. You can so take my you first can... answer. Okay, so you're just saying football in general. No, like American football, isn't it? No? Okay. Uh, actually, it is How about used this? I'll say whichever one is the, the answer. <laughs> <laughs> it, it's used as the end of a the game. The end of a game. So, for instance, if somebody... Asta. So, if, like... 
somebody gets a first down to end the game, they say that's ball game. Um, that means it's over and there's not anything that either team can do to change the result. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I actually have heard that. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. All Fair right. Enough. So the final, the final totals, um, Brendan got nine out of 12 for a solid and the crag was what, 75%. Yeah, would be. Yeah. <laughs> not my best work. Not my best work. <laughs> All right. Um, well, we'll see how great you are because of Irish. Slime. Not an A plus work. <laughs> not, I'm not getting 75%. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> no, no. All right. Um, so, <laughs> so with that, we'll transition to our Bible reading today, and we're going to be in Second Samuel, uh, twenty-two verses through twenty-nine or thirty, depending on um, how your Bible breaks it up. Um, but I'm going to turn it over to Brendan, and he's just going to give us a summary of it, or read it, or whatever he wants to do. Um, and uh, then we'll talk about a little bit, and we'll send you all on your way. So, Brendan, take it away. Happy days. Okay, guys. So, in Second Samuel chapter three, King Saul is dead. Most of his sons are dead. One of them survives. His name's Ishbosheth. Very strong Haman Israelite name. Ishbosheth is now ruling most of Israel. There are ten tribes in Israel, ten recognized his rule. Meanwhile, God had anointed David to be king. So two tribes, Judah and Benjamin, recognized David's place as the succeeding monarch. In Ishbosheth's kingdom, there was a commander named Abner. Now, he had actually faced against some of David's mighty men beforehand and killed one of them. He defected from Ishbosheth over a very randy story that we're not going to look at. And he turned to David, and David embraced him with open arms. It was total trust, total forgiveness, total gracey. Gracie? <laughs> That's mercy and grace together. Gracie. It's a new word I've invented. However, David also had a commander of his own named Joab. If you see Joab in the story, it means someone's going to die. And probably <laughs> through less than honourable methods and for less than honourable reasons. He was a born and born killer. Killer through and through. One day, Joab got Abner all by himself, and he whipped out a blade, and he killed him dead. The entire nation mourned Abner's death. Had he made mistakes in life? <laughs> yeah, who hasn't? But even David refused to eat food. He was disturbed by the loss of Abner. 
there had been such grace, such mercy, gracey, and such forgiveness, and such potential to usher in a new era in Israel's history, where God's anointed and those who'd represented the old establishment could come together to birth something new. Yet an act of vengeance and vehemence had totally purged the nation of that potential. And if we're to apply that to our lives today, we can think of David's monarchy as the church, the body of Christ. You know, we like to pray that God will send the lost in, that God will open the eyes of our enemies, give them ears to hear, hearts to understand. But the reality is, many of us don't actually want to show them grace and mercy. We want them to receive God's grace, and we kind of want God to deal with them himself and <laughs> stick them in a congregation that we're never going to interact with. And what happens when people do come together? Well, if you haven't actually forgiven them, kind of like Joab, you whip out your blade of unforgiveness. You'll never be in my ministry. I know what you're like. I know what you did. I know what you said 10 years ago when we were both lost in our sin. But we are God's kids. And he does not need 30, 40, and 50-year-old babies running around. He wants fully formed, mature children. And he wants us to grow in our ability to forgive. To recognise people's weaknesses. And to help raise them up to a place of strength. And for us to deal with the prejudices in our hearts in which he stretches us so we can better encapsulate our weaker brothers and sisters and better demonstrate the love of Jesus. So don't just pray that God would reconcile the lost to him, but also pray that he will help, rec that he will help reconcile you to those who have hurt you personally, or your family or your friends, <laughs> and if you pray that, don't be surprised when he does it, because he'll hold you to it. And uh, there are my two cents in Second Samuel chapter 2. So Logan, what do you think when you read it? Um, I think it, I think you nailed every single point that, major point that needs to be said. Um, I want to add in that Part of how this story goes, I mean, David does pray at the end that like there wouldn't be a leper, there would there wouldn't fail to be a leper in Joab's house for the rest of his his life or his generation span, um, and but that's all that David really does in terms of Joab. So you might think that Joab gets away with this, that you know, jo and Joab probably thinks he got away too. That mm -hmm. he thought, you know, I did this wrong thing murdered this guy but i get to still be commander in general and i get to have all these awesome things um and one of the things you know that you notice in this story and you notice throughout joab is joab's a master manipulator he thinks he can get himself out of every situation mm -hmm. and a lot of times he does he gets, he gets what he wants in a lot of situations that happen um but uh one of the things i want to remind us all of is we don't get away with our sin because at the end 
of we, we go to First Kings chapter two, and you learn that David has passed away. Solomon is now king, and Solomon's first job that he had, one of the first jobs is to eliminate people who basically had done or said things to David that David promised not to take care of, but David was like, yeah, take care of them. Um, and Joab's one of them. Joab goes to the temple trying to per- thinking that that will save him, that he will be protected by just hanging on to the in the temple, that no one's going to kill me in the temple. Um, and he gets struck down. He gets judged. He gets the exact thing that happened to him that he does to Abner, that he does plenty of other times throughout the stories that you hear of him. Um, and so the just, God is just. He will judge and he will take care of those those issues and things that we'd struggle with. So when we're talking about the story about how Abner, um, how Abner did some bad things, he killed Joab's brother. Um, we don't have to then go and kill those people who do wrong to us or who treat us poorly, um, like like we were talking about. Once they've accepted Christ, we should be happy that they're changed and not upset about it. Um, but even more so, Amen. we should not take vengeance into our own hands. God will judge. He will be just. He will take care of all the issues and sins that have been committed, and we don't need to worry about it or spend time um, thinking about it. We can put it in his hands. And um, and I guess the even more important than that is be sure our sins will find us out. Like, just because we think we get away with something, that we're getting away with um, watching something we shouldn't, or we're getting away with lying, or we're getting away with manipulating, or we're getting away with um, uh, our own selfish pride. Um, don't think that that's going to be forever. You're not. You're going. There's going to come a time when, um, you know, the word of God is either going to cut you as a two-edged sword and open you up, and you'll be able to see what you've been doing wrong and need to repent of it, or you're going to stand before Him him one day, God, you're going to stand before God one day and have to answer for everything you did, everything wrong you said, everything wrong you thought, um, because he knows it all. Um, so, uh, that, that's my reminder, this, this, uh, this great day that God's given us. Um, so to get, to get into contact with us, um, we of course have, um, my email, which is lhawa62wgu.edu. Um, we have a new, we have a new website. Uh, I will put a link to that in the description so you guys can go to that and give it a visit and subscribe so that you'll know when new, new podcasts come out. Um, we also have Brendan's YouTube page, which has, um, hit, he does renditions of, these podcasts they're a bit shorter um also very colorful and well done um so you can find that that should be either on our buzzsprout or on our website as well um and again send us a message let us know uh share share this episode with just one friend today um or whenever you listen to it and we'd appreciate it um brendan any closing thoughts before we go No, nothing comes to mind. Just uh, trust God in all things, guys, as you go ahead into this new and exciting week. Um, prosper, thrive, do things that scare you, knowing that God is on your side and is working all things together for good. And uh, be happy. 
Have an awesome week. Amen. Amen. Um, well, again, you'll see, you'll hear from us soon enough. So have a great day and goodbye. Bye friends.